Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Veterinary Journal Club. Um, for today's show, um, we've narrowed it down to a couple of different topics, and uh, Topher is going to decide. So I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. What are we going to do? Oh, you're <laughs> supposed to decide. Uh, we're going like, to talk this about... This is like us deciding what we're going to do for dinner. Exam stuff. Exam stuff. Okay. So... Because everybody's heard you talk about antibiotics and they're sick of it. They need <gasps> antibiotics. We'll do that another time. For no, they're not all sick of it. They haven't all heard it. The sickness of hearing you on it. your soapbox about antibiotics. That would be an inappropriate use of prescribing antibiotics. Um, so don't get me started. So we're going to talk about the exam. that multiplies. Oh my goodness. All right. We're going to talk about the exam. We'll save the antibiotics talk for next time. So you want to you tell people like what you're talking about with the exam stuff? Oh yeah. So Bobby Connor... Dr. Bobby Connor, oh, DVM. <laughs> Do you know the letters after that? Well, I was getting confused between DVM and DMV. I was like, no, it's not DMV. <laughs> that's, that's the place. That's the licensed nope. people. Yep. DACVEC. DACVEC, yeah. D-A-C-V-E-C-C. What does it stand for? Uh, some stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Dr. I mean, Bobby Connor yeah. is the exam chair for the emergency critical care board whatever specialty college specialty yeah. college yeah <laughs> and what that means is she writes the well helps all write, by myself all yeah right, i just helps write it. the board exam along with uh, some other people who are already taken the test and passed it yeah so you get a bunch of people who are boarded um diplomats of our specialty college um and you know people volunteer or really like you get recruited kind of be like hey would you be really willing to do a bunch of work for free i don't know if it's recruited as in tricked <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit of that. It's yeah. No, you know, it, it's, I've actually enjoyed it. So I've, I've was on the committee for three years, um, as a, just a regular member, um, where my job was mostly just to write questions for the exam. And then, um, I was asked to chair it and that was like two years. And so I fin- just finished up my second year chairing the committee. And then I have one more year to being just like a regular exam committee member, which I'm looking forward to. And this is fun too, because if you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, like, everybody in the world <laughs> okay then uh Except for me who had a whitney cummings had a thing uh where she talked about veterinary board exams and how um they had to study all this old archaic stuff that wasn't even valid anymore in order to pass her boards because she's a big animal person i guess she talks to her vet a lot but yeah they're probably talking about the navli she is not talking no about the exam no, she's not Dr. talking Bobby about Connor specialty board exams. No, absolutely not. So if Whitney Cummings, if you're listening, you're not, uh, you, you don't have all the facts about all of the board exams. So just, you know, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, anyhow, so for um, specialty board exam, which is, this is, I don't know, I, I this is the only exam I write um, or I'm part of writing. Uh, but I presume the other specialty colleges have similar processes. And it's also like other certification exams, like the bar exam and um, anything else where you have to have like a, a licensing and proof. Like some, it's the, the government usually likes to be like, what's the proof that you've done anything? Like we, we you need some regulation here. Um, and also, um, it, you know, there's like a, that last little step before you can become part of the club. Um, and, and you do have to write it every year just because of what we said. Yeah, earlier. we have to write a whole new it, one. It changes every year. Right, right. Yeah, that that's, I mean, that's really the main reason to, to you know, 
we have to keep it up to date um, because new information is coming out all the time. And part of being a specialist be a is being, yeah. yeah, is being up to date on what is relevant to your specialty. Um, that's one of the requirements. And in fact, specifically knowing the literature is one of the requirements of the board exam. And so, we, you know, we tell people like these are the journals that you need to be familiar with and these are the years. Um, so for our board exam, the small animal um, portion of it, it's a little different for the large animal candidates. There's not quite as many of them. Um, but um, the small animal candidates have to know the three previous years um, worth of journal articles from a list of journals. Plus, there's some extra ones that we throw out there that aren't in the main journals. They're like, this is just really important. You need to know this. Too. Now, how many journals are there? Um, I think it's we have probably like a dozen journals for yeah. times three years. And depending on how many, uh, you know, what, what that particular journal, how often um, they so publish. It's probably like a couple thousand. Oh, no, a couple thousand journals. It, oh, not journals, but articles. Okay. Right. I don't know. Let's quickly do some math. So let's say. Um, well, you have a dozen for three years. So. Yeah. And so if one journal puts out, um, let's say, 15 times. Six sixty-five. Okay, so one journal puts out maybe like say sixty sixty to eighty articles each year. That's one journal, um, and some of them are more. Some are probably less, but that that might be like say ten, so maybe ten to twelve. So yeah, twelve hundred. Yeah, that's a lot. I know. Now, <laughs> to be, I mean, if being, I don't expect that every res- resident is going to have read every single one of those, but they're technically quote unquote fair game. Um, so not all of those journals are specifically only emergency critical care. Um, one of them is. Um, and so they're like, yeah, you probably need to know all of those. But then there might be um, specific articles in other journals that could be relevant. The problem is we don't say exactly which ones are relevant. Some of that is being a criticalist and being like, oh, this is relevant to what yeah, I it's do. It's probably word of mouth to area like, oh, did you read that right. article in this and, week? Yeah, that blah, should blah. happen during a resident. Right. Like that should come up, though, like in the training program to be like, hey, this is relevant stuff that's come out like that should be happening during the training program so that we're discussing like, hey, there's relevant literature that comes out. We're talking about it. Um, but it's still it's a lot of friggin' information to know. Um, and that's just one portion of the exam. Need to write a cliff notes for that. Yeah, um, they do. We call it the exam. <laughs> um, no, so, but it, but it's it's actually um, it's it's been a really good committee. Um, the process is really rigorous, um, and so you know I'm I'm pretty proud of the exam we put out every year um, because it's it's a lot of work. And so like we just had the exam, so all the candidates from 2020 just took their exam last week, um, and we have to finish up a few things with the grading and and figuring out what the the pass rate is, and then we're going to start writing next year's exam. (laughs) So um, there's not a lot of of break in between because we already have to start thinking about 2021 Um, because, uh, um, as you said, we write a new exam every year. Um, That's maybe a little bit. We uh, Some of the multiple choice, like we have a bank of multiple choice questions, and not every multiple choice question in that bank will get used every year. So um, there are some that might get recycled, but... That we would check be, them every year. Kind we of, do check yeah. them every year. And yeah, expired ones, you know, rotate out. So like, oh, that one's old now. Um, so we have to write new ones um, or, or at least update them um, to make sure that the information in them is still correct so that the things that Whitney Cummings was talking about doesn't happen, um, that we don't have things on the exam that are out of date. And so there's a few ways that, that we can ensure that. One is um, 
we have a, an exam committee. So um, again, people that sort of volunteer, get recruited or get tricked into being on the committee. Um, so folks who are, you know, boarded specialists and have been out there in practice for usually at least a couple of years. And, and we try to get a mixture of people from um, different areas of the country, the world, um, and, um, you know, private practice, academic practice or, or university practice rather, um, and, uh, and so we have people from different perspectives, different regions that might see different diseases, particularly like infectious diseases, but even just different toxicities, uh, all the things that might be relevant to what we do um, so that we can have a broad perspective that's represented in creating the exam. And also just a bunch of different people who can be like, yeah, that seems fair. Or, no, that doesn't. Or that doesn't make sense. Or, or it's unclear. Yeah. If you're in a room with specialists and you have a question comes up and everybody's kind of like, I don't know that one. Yeah. Maybe that's not fair game. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Everybody's like. No, that's not walking around knowledge. Yeah. But no, we get a diverse group. So there might be something that for me, I'm like, that's not walking. I don't know that one. But three other people are like, oh, yeah, I do that regularly. Okay, that's probably fair. So the exam doesn't have to be every single criticalist knows all of these questions. And that's not what we're that's yeah, not you're not our expected aim. to get a hundred percent on. This no, exam. we would investigate you for cheating if you did. So yeah. that's not possible. It, w- it would just not be possible. <laughs> Even if you were like had an eidetic memory and you could remember everything you saw, like you'd still have to consume every little bit of information out there. And there's just not time when you're a resident and you're working um, to do all that. So, um, yeah, I would be very suspicious if somebody um, got anywhere near, you know, if you get in the 90 percent, we would investigate 80 percent. I'm going to be like, uh, mm, I don't know. Like that, that's that's pretty rare. So we do have to look at that. But we, it's, we don't just arbitrarily pick a pass point either, though. Um, so every year we write the exam, and our exam has three different parts, essentially. So we have a, what we call the clinical exam, which is a bunch of clinical scenarios or vignettes um, that we write. So it's like a, around a case. So case comes in, and we give you the, the history and the Scooby-Doo presentation. scooby comes in. scooby comes in. Dog. And then we pull the mask off, and it's like, what does he have? Uh, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, so there'll be a series of questions that kind of follow this case. Okay, you do this, and then what happens? And then, okay, what do you, what do you think about this? What does this mean? So we try to make those fairly clinically relevant. Those are all essay style questions. So free response, not, no multiple choice, just what do you do? What do you do? Um, and then, um, so that is like two, four hour exams. So it's like a whole day worth of writing or typing now, um, all of your answers to a bajillion questions, not a bajillion, but a lot a of questions. Thing. I've seen some yeah. of the yeah, the, the handwriting, handwriting of, of some of the people. And it's like, I don't know how you graded this in the yeah, past. Yeah, it used to be hard. So when I first came on the committee, the exam was all on paper and, um, and we, uh, it, it, it was hard. <laughs> so, so it's better. The other thing is like, you know, I don't want to, we had a resident, um, I had a resident several years ago who had very distinctive handwriting. Um, and whenever I would get to that, I was like, oh, I know who this is. And I would give it to somebody else. Like somebody else needs to grade this who doesn't know who this person is just to avoid any, any chance that there was, um, any bias involved. So yeah. on the computer, and that like kind none of, of that. Because that one person grades. No, because when we much. did it that way, um, two oh, okay. people, we, we would double up. We don't do that um, anymore. It's because it, to take care of that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's all completely anonymous. There's no possible way unless somebody wrote in their answer, Hey, Bobby, this is me. And please give me all the points. Like, and that yeah. would be terrible. Don't they, nobody's done that. Good job. Don't do that. But um, yeah, there's just no way it's, it's um, the test takers name is anonymous and their ID number is anonymous. Every single one of them. 
So um, from the grading perspective, it's really fair. But anyway, so we write, we write the exam and we go through multiple iterations. Um, so we, you know, as the exam chair, I would, um, we'd come up with like very basic scenarios. Like this scenario is going to be um, a dog that has this disease and ultimately he's going to die. And, and we're going to talk about CPR like that. The question is going to ultimately be about CPR. And we give that very, very basic skeleton of a question, um, assign that to people on the committee and say, come up with a scenario. And so, you know, the committee members will kind of go back into their their files and think like, okay, what cases have I seen that could fit this? And you pull a little bit from different cases to make it reasonably realistic. Um, and so then they write a bunch of scenarios, uh, or they write rather a bunch of questions for that scenario. Um, and then we all come to, so they do that early in, in the uh, process. And then they send it to somebody else on the committee to be like, hey, what do you think about this? And they give some editing and feedback. And, and then they get that the original person takes it back and makes some correct and adjustments. And then after that second round of edits, um, we all get together in, um, I mean, what we call our mid-year meeting where we meet and we all, um, this was, we got these just in before COVID. Um, so we all sat in a room together and we pulled the, everybody's questions up on a screen and we went through them as a group one by one, looked at each question and said, what do we think? Does this fair? Is this clear? Do we need to change this? Um, and, you know, make sure we make the key is really clear. What are the correct answers? What are the yeah, incorrect answers? And the correct answers, answers have, um, like publications to back them up. Yes, and every single question that we put in there, we have to have two references. And they have to be recent references. They can't be like, well, in 1976, so-and-so said this. They yeah. have to be on the updated list That's of what references. That's makes it a specialty test. Exactly. And we get those references that are available to us the, the, are the, the same ones that candidates have to know. So we say, you have to know all of this material. And then that's what we have to choose the exam from. It is admittedly a lot of material, but at least we say, but we have to have two references. So it can't be like this one obscure thing that was in one reference, even if it was in their, um, their required reading list. It has to be in two places. So increasing the chance that this is important enough that you should have come across this somewhere. Um, so then we go through as in that meeting and then we go, okay, we're pretty happy with this. We, we make our um, <clears throat> final edits. And then, um, then we send the exam out to other people in the college who are not involved in writing the exam at all and say, hey, how about, we might be a little close to this. How about you guys read this and do things make sense? Is there anything that you think is inappropriate or is unclear or if the key is inappropriate? And we get their feedback again. And then we send that again back to the committee, the person who wrote that thing and said, here's some comments, you know, incorporate those or make some changes as needed. And then we say, okay. And so that was for the, the clinical exam. For the multiple choice exam, we have categories. It's like, okay, this is a cardiovascular question and we want it to be pharmacology based, um, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then a different cohort on the exam committee writes multiple choice questions. And we do the same thing at that meeting where we all sit down and we go through the new questions and we say, okay, is this, is this a fairly worded question? Do we need to change this? Does it fit in the um, criteria of a good multiple choice question because there's a lot of literature out there about what makes something a good, fair, yeah, and that's um, not even related to that question. stuff. That's education stuff. Yeah, that is just you know what you can't use. There's no such thing as um, A, A and B, A C and D, D E, A plus Q. I, like we don't do any of those. Um, none of what we call multiple true false. So you can't say which of the following statements is true and then just list four statements and then like. So we call that just a multiple true false. And so th those aren't allowed. We don't do any of the negatives, like which of the following is, um, you know, or, or all of the following are correct, except we can't do any of those because those are just, they're tricky 
test questions. So they're not really testing what the candidate knows. They're testing your test taking abilities. And that's not what we're yeah, trying to assess. Yeah, don't want it to be confusing. No, we want it to be very, very clear. not trying to trick people. No. We're trying to figure out what we're they know. We're trying to assess, do you know this or don't you? Um, and so we, we really want the exam to be fair uh, because I don't want to get somebody who's just a savvy test taker and can look at that and be like, ah, I can reason through that and then have them go out there and be a specialist. But equally, I don't want somebody who's a really good doctor and who would make a really good specialist to not do well. So we need to make the exam um, incredibly fair. So we go through, we write all the questions that we want, and then we send it out to people and say, what do you think? And then we change it, you know, and we say, okay, we're pretty happy with this finished product. And then I have to recruit more people from the college, more specialists to be like, okay, here's our finished exam. Now you have to take it, essentially. You have to take it. But when you take it, you also need to essentially rate each and every question. Um, it's, a, it's a way of saying how difficult is it, but we frame, we frame the question of, and picture in your mind, okay, so you're the specialist, picture in your mind what we call a minimally qualified candidate. And this is, this is not unique to our college. This is what all of these types of high stakes um, certification exams do. That's what they do for the bar exam, blah, blah, blah. And then you say, okay, what percentage, a picture in your head, that person who should be, they should, you know, they, they, they should qualify, um, but just barely. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they should be a criticalist, um, but if they were any worse, you'd be like, nah, get out of here. So that's, that's the person you want to picture in your head. Would that person get this right? Or what percentage of um, minimally qualified candidates, so somebody at that caliber would get this question right? Like 10%, 50%, 90%, 90 This is a pretty easy question. Like everybody should get that right. Or ah, that's a pretty tough question. I feel like, you know, half, half of those people are probably not going to get this right. Or that's really tough. I think there's a good chance not many, maybe 10%. Um, and so you get a bunch of people who are already specialists, they're content experts, and you get them to rate each and every question on the exam. And then you get all that information and then you do some stats to basically say, okay, what is the average response for that? Blah, blah, blah. And then that determines the cut score. Um, it's a little more complicated than that at the end, but we'll look at that and then look at confidence intervals essentially to say like, okay, um, maybe there's some outlier, somebody who's like, everybody should know all of these questions hundred percent. It's like, mm, slow down there. <laughs> That's probably not reasonable. Um, and, or maybe somebody who's like, all these questions are so hard. Um, and they rate on. So anybody who's an outlier from what the rest of those yeah, people said, their data gets thrown zero or hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Well, answer. or and it's not even that. It sh yeah, probably shouldn't, but also, um, all of the questions should not be rated really, really high or really, really low. Um, unless everybody, all of the judges are saying, oh, then maybe we just wrote a really hard or really easy exam. But basically we're looking for outliers in that group. And then those get thrown out and um, and then we take all the reasonable people and we average their scores. And, um, and then, yeah. Okay, so then we do all that. And then we have people take the exam. Um, and because that's still not a... So you, going back, you said there oh. were three parts of the exam. So oh, far you've gone yeah. through two. Well, okay, so the multiple choice is broken into two parts. Um, one of them we call the general multiple choice exam, and that's the part for our college where both the large animal and small animal candidates um, take it. So it's general physiology type things that would apply if you're talking about a horse or if you're talking about a dog. And then there's what we call the species-specific multiple choice exam. So um, so the first day is your, um, when you, if you take the exam, the clinical exam, 
um, which is four hours of clinical scenarios in the morning and then four hours of clinical scenarios in the afternoon or evening. And then the next day, um, you take four hours of multiple choice questions um, that everybody takes the same exam, large and small animal. And then the large animal people take their own species-specific exam and the small animal people take their species-specific exam. And that's going to be on things that are only relevant to larger, small animals. Um, and that's also where a lot of the literature questions come in. So they don't ask the small animal um, critical care residents to answer questions about, you know, neonatal full stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, we don't ask the horse people to answer questions about cats, uh, which seems fair. Um, but there's enough basic physiology that we need all of them to know. So they all take that one portion. Um, so those are the three parts. Um, so the other two parts are each just... Uh, essentially a quarter of the exam. Don't residents write some multiple choice questions? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, So in their second year, the second year of their residency, um, residents get assigned question topics. So they'll get told, okay, you need to write a question about this very broad topic. Um, It might be like respiratory physiology. Um, And then you'll get some something that this is going to be, you know, maybe just pharmacology or maybe this will be toxicology or who knows what. And then... They're also told, is it going to be a recall level question, an application, or an analysis level question? So basically, what kind of information do we do? We need you to recall a fact. Like, do you? What is the answer to this? Is it A, B, C, or D? Um, or more difficult to write are analysis and application level questions. So we know, like, um, you know, kind of how many questions we need for various categories, and so those get assigned to them. And if they do a good job, their question could end up on the exam. Um, now, honestly, a lot of those questions, that's one of the things the committee will also do. We will take those questions and look at them and be like, is that good? Um, yes or no. Most of the time, there will be some editing of that question. Yeah, um, usually it's there. It's like, oh, this is a good question, but the answer is obvious. Right. We have to write or better distractors. two on here that are correct. Yeah. Or, you know, you're just like, sometimes we look at them, we're like, mm, this isn't salvageable. <laughs> we go and we throw it out. So they're not all going to end up on the exam, but it's it's incentive for those you know candidates to write a good exam question because the, the better you do, the less we change and the more likely it is to end up on the exam. You might get a question you wrote, which means you're probably going to get the right answer, hopefully. Um, so yeah, some of the questions will come from there um, if the candidate can remember back to two or a year yeah. and a half before. Yeah, we had that um, in yeah. one of my classes in undergrad. It was yeah. the history of architecture. The professor was like, it was one of those classes that I thought was going to be really interesting. And then I got in and I was like, there's a lot of famous people in this class. <laughs> so this is probably not. You mean, you mean college athletes when yeah. you say famous people? Yeah. People don't necessarily, I wouldn't have thought that if I didn't know. Yeah. Looking around the room, it's like, how do I know all these people? You're like, we shouldn't be in the same class. Um, and then the professor is like, he's like, okay, you guys, uh, write five questions for each chapter and then if they're good that'll be the test so then we just shared all your questions and he was like and if you don't write good questions then i'm gonna write the test and you're probably not gonna do that well like okay do a good job with this yeah yeah it's like classic teacher move to like you know pawn all that extra work off on your class um but and and the idea, right, is that you're studying by writing mm-hmm. these questions, like you're and it's learning team that building. material. Oh yeah, team it's building. It's a uh, very team oriented um, class. The critical care residents don't really. They're not. Encouraged. They're not team players. Not, There's only one of them anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, um, like if you've got multiple residents in the year, like you'd probably work together. And there's no rule that like you can't share those with each other. Um, but the chances that your question in its exact form will end up on the exam are pretty slim. Um, 
Yeah, from sitting in on watching you guys do it. They, uh, Even the ones we write, we edit the crap out of. They get changed a lot. Yeah. Like, if I write a question and then I show it's, it to a room full of critics, they're going to be like, um, what if we tweak this? Yeah, I mean, it always seemed like there was one person looking up the references, one person checking the pictures, and, like, everybody's just... Yeah, because we're trying to verify that everything's yeah. accurate as well. So we do work together, and we kind of divide and conquer. Um, okay, somebody, you know, oh, that picture, I get where they're going for with this question, but maybe we can find a better image um, that would depict that and make it clearer for the people what What's we're asking the rule for. on something like that if you have um if you're using images it's not published so we can use whatever we want yeah that's cool yeah i don't know if that's the rule but that's what we do <laughs> um yeah because it never gets published so there's no like copyright mm-hmm. or anything like that but most of us just have um you know like images from patients we've seen and and as long as there's yeah, no I've like identifying and it's it. gross <laughs> yeah well you never know when you're gonna need these things um i use this stuff a lot so a lot of those images i'm always like oh i should i should save this image and then i have to try to find it later that's the part i'm not good at is like organizing them i need to i need michael share to come and organize all of my mm-hmm. images he's good about that anyhow um yeah so i mean that's kind of the exam and then we administer the exam so like exam day that was comes. a little special this year that was a lot so special. typically <laughs> there's a conference and everybody yes, goes to that books. conference and they take the exam in a big old ballroom <laughs> yeah quite literally yeah and there's, there's no dancing coffee and snacks there's coffee and snacks and then there's proctors and it's all very intimidating and and then downstairs or upstairs or at some other part of this hotel all the candidates are taking the exam and then we are there's grading a it dungeon then there's a yeah there's some the some crappy little room not, that yeah that's where we not get stuck. allowed to leave yeah and then we sit there for two full days and just grade exams and it's usually, you know, like this year there were 96 um, candidates taking the exam, which means three of them were large animal and the other 93 were small animal. And so we had 93 essay question, full exams with, I don't know, a few hundred questions that we had to grade in two days. And, and you it did was, it. We sure did. Yes, we did. We did. We did a pretty good job. Um, we were doing it remotely rather than in this nice hotel where, and then yeah, it didn't, we didn't get to go have dinner together and they socialize didn't get to take in the, the same test way. In the ballroom no, either. everybody had to take the test in their own dungeon yeah. or whatever they came up with. <laughs> um, it worked though. It worked. So, what did you do for that? Um, what was when you're? It's like uh, we're probably not going to have the conference this year. All right, Bobby, make it work. I mean, they didn't say make it work because I basically came in and said, "Here's how I'm going to make it work." <laughs> So uh, there were some specialty colleges who were like, exam canceled for 2020. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's a huge deal because yeah, like people getting jobs and and their salaries are impacted and they get the, like if you're certified, you you get a little higher salary, like 50, $60,000 more. Not always, sometimes that much, but it just depends on how you negotiate. But yeah, it's just, but also, but also depending on what your job was going to be, if part of your job, the expectation was you were supposed to then train future residents, you can't do that if you're not boarded. And so it just never occurred to me that we wouldn't yeah, have the well, exam and then the studying because typically don't people take like three months to right. study. And, so, and if well, you work and, the job. And this is what happened to people from the other colleges. It was like they had all this time set aside that I was going to be off clinics or doing other things to study for this exam. And now... I don't have an exam to study for. I mean, yeah, you could study, but then you're going to have to do it again next year. And so, yeah, I, I was very proud of our college that, um, you know, it was never even a question that we would have the exam. We, of course, had the exam and we did, um, but we had to figure out how to do it remotely. Um, and fortunately, um, in 2020, there's a lot of technology that allows us to do these things. And our exam had, um, for the last several years, been on um, 
computer software, ExamSoft, is what we've been using for several years. So thankfully, that was already in place. Um, but we were like, okay, well, how can we ensure exam security, right? We need to make yeah, sure that this is taking on fair. a computer in their own little office. How to- Right. Um, ExamSoft shuts you out, that, that software shuts you out of all you, other things, but what's to say you can't have a second laptop sitting yeah. next to you or um, your, you know, your hey, phone. Hey, Siri, what's yeah. a CPR on a blah, 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 fancy word? <laughs> yeah, Siri would probably not help you very much, especially if you worded the question like that. But um, but yes, I think they get the point that you could you could cheat rather easily. Um, so, you know, there are online um, remote proctoring services. So ExamSoft has one and that's what we ended up using. Basically, um, you know, it's Big Brother. So there's a camera on your laptop and it uses that and it records you um, video and sound so that, you know, if you're like, you know, mumbling to somebody with like a, a tiny little CIA approved, um, you know, like an old school, head. the yeah. best movie of history. Um, it was not a movie about history. In history. Oh, okay. The best movie ever. Disagree. Um, there are so many other movies that are better than that one. It's fine. That's fine. But I I know that it's your favorite and that's cute. Did they did they use like some CIA cheating methods in that movie? Yeah. When they had to take the what exam kind of for their they're encouraging? certification. That's terrible. For their fraternity. They weren't in college. What were they doing? They had to recertify their fraternity so that oh, the kids in college wouldn't get kicked Why out. Why would fraternities need to be certified? Because they um they I were in really trouble. Understand. I don't really understand. The dean was trying to kick him off because he was are a jerk. Are fraternities and sororities like they are in the movies, like at all? Uh, I don't know. I've only been to a fraternity and a sorority the first week during rush week. Well, I didn't been to a sorority during the rush week, but <laughs> a fraternity. And no. They're not like that in the movies? It's just like I don't know. a no, house of guys. Like imagine, um, imagine uh, <laughs> like a guy's apartment. Sounds terrible. It's, it's getting worse It's kind of dirty. Time. Yeah. And there's, there's, people make like... The same joke 50 times. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. It sounds awful. Oh, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that, but it's not like in the movies. No, there's nothing crazy that I've ever seen. Like, or that, well, you weren't in one, though, so maybe you didn't make no, it to that level. But so. all my friends that were, I was just kind of like... Well, I didn't think they're not allowed to talk about it, right? Aren't they, aren't they like sworn to secrecy? Oh, some of my friends, they were, they were from a, <laughs> that's so one weird. of the rougher fraternities, uh, SAE. And there are all these weird rumors at the University of Florida that SAE makes them do this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, keep keep spreading those stories. Those are cool. <laughs> it's uh, like, no. Only a bunch of fraternity boys would think those yeah, were no, cool rumors. Nobody would, uh, would put up with that nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Mostly it's you drive we- drunk people around while you're sober. Oh, that seems like a good rule. Yeah. Um. Okay. We, I don't know how we got on that fraternity tangent, but uh, anyhow... Certifying exams um, need to be secure. We need to make sure fair for everybody. So yeah, we had um, the exam security system to make sure you weren't cheating. But then we also had we had um, the candidates identify like a local proctor. So somebody, whether that was um, a, a diplomat in uh, you know our specialty college or another one, or a librarian or a professional proctor or something like that, they had to provide, um, find somebody who wasn't like a friend or a family member, um, somebody who wasn't like didn't have a vested interest in them passing boards, who could serve as our local proctor. And the reason for that is because the exam is so long and over a couple of days. Like um, if you were doing the exam monitor, you could be like, "Yep, you can't get up, you can't leave." because you could leave the room and like go to and cheat um and we're like well this is like four four hour exams i can't tell somebody you can't get up and go to the bathroom in a for four hours i'm not going to tell somebody that so we needed to just have somebody locally looking around and being like okay you didn't write a bunch of stuff on the bathroom stall or like you know tape a 
cell phone under the toilet in stall three and that's where all the answers were i mean it'd be a really inefficient way to cheat um and you'd have to yeah, take a lot of bathroom breaks probably get a worse score you would because you you'd waste time you'd totally waste time yeah, um, but so we just have those makes it a little easier for you too it's not yeah. like a history exam where they can google all the answers or jeopardy yeah, yeah. They can no it would it would not be easy um or time efficient because it's it's not it's a long exam um if you had to look up every question you would get through 20 percent of the exam i think in the allotted time so oh, you um, get 100 percent of that well you probably only get like 70 percent of that you still might yeah you still might struggle with some of those um yeah it's just it's not very practical um the amount of time you would have to put into trying to cheat in a way you wouldn't get caught you might as well just devote that time to studying and you just did a residency for at least three years so you know you probably that, that's like three years of studying um so it's just it's it's not worth risking your career um because yeah. if you were caught cheating, and if somebody's helping you cheat, done. then them too. their career too yeah, it's just not worth it so um i, I realize it's like a high stakes high you know and you're already a, a doctor deal. yeah exactly it's not like you don't pass this and you know you're a failure forever you just become um, board eligible instead of board certified. And then you try again next year, which sucks. Nobody wants to do it again, but it's honestly not that big of a deal. And I know some amazing um, specialists who didn't pass their board exam the first time through. So it's Don't you still have a, a thing test. too where um, of the three sections? Oh yeah. They're if like you pass two out of the three, you only have three. to take the, the one you didn't pass the next year. If you failed um, two out of, like if you only got one, you just have to redo the whole thing next year. But if you were so close and you got two out of the three, we're like, all right, you're pretty good. You just got to work on that one. So that means studying the next year is not as bad. Um, and, and again, like there's not like the stigma attached to people. It's not like, it's not like you get like your letters, but then they put a little asterisk after yours because you yeah. didn't pass the first time. Like you're, or it's, it's just, uh, uh, blah, 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 DVM, duh, <laughs> instead of DACVEC. Yeah, you don't get the last letters. You just get one letter at a time. It's like it's like um, hangman or something, or or playing that like horse basketball. Yeah, you just get one letter each year. You got closer <laughs> and closer. Um, yeah. Um, so that's so the other the last thing we do, which is is important. So after the exam has been taken, all the candidates have taken the exam. We go back and look at the stats for those questions. And so if any of the stats come back saying like eh, that could be a questionable question, funny, yeah, I know that that question might not actually have performed very well based on the stats that we run. And that could be a whole different show. We're not going to go into the details, but we go back. They get flagged as being potentially problematic, um, and we reread those. And so every year we throw out a few questions. Um, we also, when we like you could write a better exam than that. Yeah. It's if only we were better at it. Um, question rating is hard. Um, and you know, we, it went through all those layers and a bunch of people are like, yep, yep, that seems good. And then we get to the thing and we're like, okay, no, nah, looking back, maybe that wasn't so good. Um, and then for the, um, short answer part, like when we're grading it, we're like, you know, this is what we expected. This is the key. And this is the other thing that's kind of cool when we're grading it in real time. If a candidate puts an answer down that wasn't on our key, but we go, oh, wait a minute, I wonder if that is right. And we look it up and we go, okay, yeah, that is. And we add it to the key. So anybody who has that answer or there's every year, there's a couple questions. I mean, it's not a huge portion of the exam, but like one or two points out of 500 um, that we're like, uh, okay, this was just a bad question. And we might just decide to throw it out at that point. So there's always a handful of questions that get thrown out every year. Um, and we just say, okay, um, we miss those, but there's so many questions. It's still plenty, um, to get people a sense. So we throw out some of those questions. And then after that process is done, um, we compare that to, um, the, the process where people had to, um, score it to say, how hard was this? Um, and then we say, this was the cut score. We look at the stats for that. And, you know, we usually, we're usually, we do all of the things to, um, give the candidates the benefit of the doubt essentially. 
So if there was a question, we're like, oh, that's maybe unfair. Um, we tend to throw it out. Or if we, you know, again, um, we look at the the judges of the exam and, and what they thought the questions were. Um, and then we do plus or minus on the other end. We're like, ah, let's assume that they were wrong and, and let's make the cut score in a way that favors the candidates. Um, because they've gone through a residency, they've met all their criteria, because before they can even take boards, they have to meet all their other criteria. They have to, they have to, yeah, um, they've been working in a hospital. They work in a hospital. They've documented all their time. They had to do a bunch of other things. They had to get publication. You know, there's a lot of things they had to do to even get to the point of being allowed to take the exam. So, um, we, we, we don't want somebody who should be bored to make them take an exam after you make them do all this stuff. Right. I know it is kind of mean. Maybe we should stop doing it. Save a lot of time. Would you feel okay if our cats were taken to somebody who didn't have to take an exam? They had, they did all the same stuff, but there's just no exam at the end. Would you be okay with that? I wouldn't know. No, no, no. If you knew, if they were just like, oh yeah, no, we don't, we don't do exams anymore. We decided it was hard. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, good. Get rid of those bookworms. Tired of bookworms looking at my cat. Yeah. I want a real, well, there you go. I want a real vet. You want a real vet who does dirty hands. What? Maybe they're doing surgery. We're supposed to wash. Well, they should be wearing gloves if they're doing surgery. Yeah, but you aren't surgeons. You're critical care people. Sometimes we do surgery. That's on the exam. They have to know some surgery stuff. Oh, wow. Nice try. Ha. Criticals. We do a little bit of everything except for preventive care. Don't ask me about vaccines. I want to vet with common sense. Nope. Not what we, that's not that's not what we peddle in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you wanted common sense, you're going to have to go down the hall. Um, I don't know where you're going to find it, actually. Uh, okay. Was that... How was that? Did we explain that? Are people like sleeping yet? Probably. There's probably <laughs> 96 people that care. <laughs> yeah. And they don't want to listen to this right now. Yeah, none at of all. them listen but to maybe, this But maybe next year, like the people who are going to take it next year might want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know the process and they know that you guys... We try, to, we try yeah. really hard to do a good oh, job. We, the big we thing do, is, we care. Like, what is a typical pass percentage? Not, uh, not percentage score, but... Uh, of How, candidates. What perc- um, so usually the number of people who pass falls in like the 60 to 70% range for our college. So there's a good chance that you could be like, you could not pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. On your first um, try. Like I, I remember when I was taking my, uh, my exam and people were like, oh, you're going to pass. We don't worry. We're, of course, you're going to be fine. I was like, that is not comforting. Yeah, it's the Because if I say. do fail, you're going to, everybody's going to be like, oh God, Bobby just, as, or everybody assumed I was going to pass. I thought pass. Bobby would pass. She just like, screwed turns up. Turns out she's an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, no, you don't say that to people. What you do. So if you know anybody who's getting ready to take boards, what you tell them is, assuming this is true, you're like, I know what kind of vet you are. Or I know what kind of doctor you're going to be if you're talking about students taking the Navli. And it's like, this test doesn't mean anything like this is this is just the thing it's not that it doesn't mean anything but this it's a test um if you don't pass this it doesn't mean you're not a good vet it means you didn't do well on this test this time um it doesn't mean you don't know anything and it doesn't mean i don't trust you to be a good vet you know so on and so forth um but don't say oh it'll be fine you're gonna because one that's kind of insulting like hey i just worked really hard and um this is a hard exam and that people who've never been through it don't get that and that's okay it's not their job to know but if you are in that situation don't tell somebody no big deal you're totally gonna pass i'm i have no doubt you're like oh cool so when i i don't pass you'll be incredibly disappointed and shocked yeah. that's what i wanted to hear um so don't tell people that tell them that you love them anyway and that they're they're fine or if you don't then just maybe walk away <laughs> just don't engage in conversation oh yeah i think my phone is ringing i have to go it's in your hand and it's on silent you liar i have um, another phone yeah it's the other one um i think that's it that's probably enough talking about the exam yeah. if you have questions 
Uh, I don't think so. I think we hit everything. Oh, no, I meant like listeners. And I was going to tell oh. them not to send them to me. <laughs> I need a break from the exam for a little Too while. Too many questions. Uh, yeah, this year was particularly challenging because next it was year, just hard for everybody. You don't have to be the chair. No, you I just, just get to write questions again. And do stuff. It'll be fun to just like write questions. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that part. I don't know if the students are excited or the residents are excited about uh, you writing questions. They'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be totally fine. I think I'm pretty fair. I think I, I try to be like, that's unreasonable. That's no, 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 unless it's coagulation related, then you have to know everything. No, that's not true. I don't write. I actually, I actually avoid writing questions about coagulation because that's what I get really nerdy about. And so I would rather other criticalists write those because um, I know that's the thing I'm like, so they can write a question and be like, Hey, what do you think? Or I can be like, yeah, that's wrong. Or, you know, so you whatever. write the questions of the things that you're bad at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I write the questions of the things that I'm not like nerdy about. Um, and that way it's probably a little more fair, right? Mm-hmm. Right, let's, that's what I try to tell people. Like, don't, don't nerd out on the stuff that like only you care about. Like if you're talking about something and other criticalists are like, Oh, stop talking. Then maybe you're not the best person to write that. Question. Yeah. That's probably a good study tip too. What? Like don't concentrate too much on the stuff you thing. already like. Yeah. Don't ignore all the stuff you already well, like. like it's, a, hard to do. it's like, Oh, I need to know something about, I know you need to know everything oh, about no. livers. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And you, no, you don't need to know everything. You need to know 97% of everything about livers. What medication <laughs> makes the liver drop this yeah, amount? It's, it's just, it's, it's a lot. But anyway, okay, I think that's all. That's it? Are yep. we done? Yeah, we're done. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, that's the exam. It was a lot of fun. Uh, wait, I don't know. <laughs> if you have questions, you can send them to uh, our email account, which is... Uh, veterinary journal club at gmail.com yeah yep. and or you can tweet us or gram us what it, what is it if you send a message to you can send us a message on instagram i've never sent a message on instagram so i don't know i don't know either okay we're very bad at this um but our handles for instagram and twitter is vet journal club um so uh follow us or send us messages or questions or ideas you have for shows um otherwise thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time bye